and I'm in charge. I have an irrational sense of positivity. What is going on here? You have a bunch of, of crazy people. Yay! <laughs> I mean, I'm sold. I love it. I think I may have been hacked by some Russian bots. I was on fire. The room was on fire. Fantastic. Great. Viva la Bill Murray. Hello and welcome to the Angel Comedy Podcast, Sunil Patel edition, volume one. This is a conversation I had with Sunil Patel in 2014, when pretty much he just started comedy. Um, And it's a companion piece to the conversation I had with him in 2022 for the live Angel Comedy Podcast Festival. And uh, yeah, I'm releasing them both back to back just because... Uh, you could, it's, it's just interesting to hear kind of where Sunil was, where he is now, what, what's stayed the same with his perspective and energy, what's changed with his perspective and energy. Obviously, since uh, I recorded this, I mean, Sunil was always great, but um, since, I, since I recorded this with him in 2014, I think it was, um, obviously he's been in films, he's been on TV, he's uh, been on, you know, he's done multiple Edinburgh shows and... Um, yeah, I think I, I mentioned he's done he's done a film with Peter Dinkage recently. So things have really kind of taken off. But the 2014 conversation is really before any of that was even in the offing. And he was just somebody um, that had just started stand up and was really passionate and interested in it. So I hope you enjoy the Genesis conversation with Snail Patel before we go to the next week's one. Uh, anyway, I give you the early Sunil Patel. Sunil Patel. Hello, Barry and Ferns. Hello. Uh, so, um, how, uh, when did you do your first comedy gig? Uh, I think it was November 2010. I think it was around then. UMC Day, I think, didn't you? Was that your first gig? Yeah. November 2010? Yeah, that was when um, it was a showcase for a comedy course. So you it? did a comedy course? Yeah, that's right. With Chris Head? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The courses that I MC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you still do them? No. Okay. Uh, when I do, when I can. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, how did you find that? I seem to remember it going really well. Yeah, I, I can't really, I couldn't really remember at the time. It was, it's, it's, it's like, it's a, like a strange out of body sort of experience, that first gig. I, like, I remember just being on stage, but saying things, but not really knowing what I was saying. Mm. But yeah, it, did, it went all right, I think. There's no, I, there might be a video of it, I think. Okay. I'm not sure. Someone might have one. Kieran. Because I did a, I did that with, I did that course with Kieran Coyle. Ah right. And Ed Caruana. And Keith Foggan. And Keith Foggan. Yeah. All the big hitters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so you've had Ed on, haven't you? And you yeah. So he's had what? Ed on this yes, podcast. Yes. Ed on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was there. For he, he'd done a couple of gigs before that, I think. Mm. But that was our. Yeah, I think he'd done a few. So that was your first gig. It felt out of body. Why did you end up doing stand up? What made you do the course? Um. I, I lived with um, a comic and he was just talking about starting out on the open mics and stuff and um, and he just said like, the best way to start now is probably to do a course I think he did Logan Murray's course and uh, but um, yeah I just did it just to see what it was going to be like so you bet you wanted to do stand up before then I'll take it rather than just yeah like, for oh, like, there's this course so you can no, do no, no, no. So I thought about it for a few months and then I think I read a book about it I think I probably read Logan Murray's book. Right. Because it was around the house. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. and um, just talking to my fat mate about it. And then... So you had no long held. I want to be a stand up comedian. There was no. Never, I'd never been on stage. I wasn't really a performer. I've never been interested in performance. No. Mm. I am now, let's say. Mate, a bloody tornado up there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they call you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, because I'd never, the only stage time I'd ever had before that was sort of in school plays. Okay, so you, you literally hadn't been on stage before. So what made you want to do it? It's just the book was around, if it had been a book on pole dancing, would you have ended up doing pole dancing? No. I don't think I'd have done pole dancing, but I'd have thought about it for a bit, researched it quite a lot, and then done it. No, well, no, it was um, genuinely I had nothing else to do with my spare time, right? And I was just working and just trying to figure out what to do, job wise. No, I think oh, I think I was at university at that point. I think I was doing a, a master's, and I just wasn't really enjoying it. But I just wanted something to do. Okay, it was a focus. It's, it's nice. To, it's a it's an interesting sort of creative outlet, and I'd watched a lot of stand up. And I think I just didn't enjoy it that much. And I thought, okay, why not? I don't think I can criticise unless I try and do it myself. Okay. So what made you watch it if you didn't enjoy it that much? Because I like the good stuff like everyone does, you know, but everything else is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there's a lot, you know, at the time I thought, oh, there's a lot of mediocre stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's worth giving a shot. I don't know. It sounds think? incredibly arrogant, doesn't it? But it's not like... Well, no, I think that that's... Uh... So you, you always look at the people who are amazing and think that's something that... Shouldn't everyone aspire to something like that? But yeah. So, um, who was it that you really liked? <laughs> who was it that I liked? I don't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, who was it that you thought was shit? Um, who made you go to stand up? I remember the first gig I went to in London was the Bedford, okay. um, and I think we saw Reginald D. Hunter doing a middle spot there. Yeah, and it was phenomenal. And then the second sort of, and apart from that, you know, I never remember comedians' names. And then I remember going to Jonglers years ago. For a friend's birthday and not really knowing what comedy clubs are all about but this one was just where you just you obviously just get very drunk and have a meal and stuff but we saw uh, Michael McIntyre there and he, he, like that was the that was the probably the first time that all of my friends had been like oh we got to go and see that guy again and we went to see him so the theatre and he was amazing but and then I remember there's it was, what else did we watch there's loads of other stuff we were watching at the time was a question like who was it that I really liked? Yeah, yeah it was those guys. And uh, yeah, um, apart from that, I can't really remember. It's it's like it's it's hard to know. But there wasn't much stand up on TV when I was starting, was there? Mm. About four no, years ago, was yeah. there? It was just coming in. It was right? just coming in then, and uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that. Does so you you started in November two thousand ten, yeah, um, which is just after I kind of like that would have been one of the first things I received for Chris actually. Yeah, I think you said. Um, yeah. And uh, what did you gig much? Did you go straight into gigging, or did you kind of? Uh, what did I do? I did a couple more after November. In, I did a couple in December, I think, and then for the next year, I did about thirty gigs. Okay, so the first year you kind of do a gig a fortnight. Yeah, so, just because I was just terrified of it. But um, they were, yeah, it depends which ones were. I didn't really get to. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do the terrible. I didn't. I did get too much of a terrible sort of open mic experience of it. I don't think it was that bad. I mean, I did. Um, had you started doing your gig by then? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you had? And it was Saturday. Oh right. Okay. Um, I don't think you came and played it for the first year. I think 
after the Reading Festival. Oh, right, and that was it. Went, yeah. That was in March or April or something. Yeah, uh, but I didn't really... Um, and I, I very rarely played to like an audience of three people. It was more like ten, mate. So you know, okay. it was doing all right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, were I'm, they really that just small audiences? Not in a bad way. They not were. terrible small audiences. Not terrible. No, no. wasn't It wasn't the bleak experience that a lot of people have. Uh, I mean, some of them were awful, but overall, it was. I, I did I only did that many gigs because I was just terrified of getting on stage. Okay, so the first year was kind of dominated by a kind of terror. And how did the gigs go? They weren't terrible gigs. Um, generally okay. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh yeah, my first total death was a laughing horse competition heat in January. Right, a couple of months after I did the course, and uh, I remember the, there was the microphone was tied around the stand, and it wouldn't extend up. So I had to do the whole gig sort of slightly stooped <laughs> and not looking anyone in the eye. Yeah. Uh, so that one went very badly. Uh, so I didn't gig for about a month after that. Um, that's the only one I really remember is a death from that time. A bit, yeah, awkward situations apart from that. But yeah. Um, so uh, a year. So th- did you have any great gigs in that time? What um, made you carry on if they were kind of like they were uh, okay? Was... What made me carry on? Because if you did, took it up, kind of, kind of with a kind of without a passion for it, but just like, I'll oh, see how it goes. What made you keep it up for the year? If you're doing a gig every other week and... Just, um... Because it was... I started with, like, Ed and Kieran and Keith, and Kieran and Keith were running a gig, and so I'd always be able to sort of pop down there. Yeah, yeah and it was... Like, I was writing a lot. I just wasn't performing an enormous amount. I, spent, I mean, 35 in a year is not too bad. 30, 35, is it? No, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad in London where there's gigs, you know, every night. Yeah, but true. If you're not in London. But they're only five-minute ones, weren't they, really? Um, I kept going because I did all right in a couple of competitions. And but that first year, your first competition was surely the 2011, around November, so there's a full year of... Oh, yeah, but uh, so I'd say you think you're funny. Oh, did you get into the... Uh, so I did the semi-final of that, and that was lovely. And that went well. Uh, and I, I, wasn't even, I wasn't thinking about not doing it anymore. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how I could, um, how I could gig more. Okay. and try and get over myself a bit more okay but um, yeah and then obviously towards the end of the year I did a couple of competitions and they were good and so the next year I mean I've never I've, it, I, I've only been comfortable on stage in the last sort of year and a half yeah maybe two years yeah and before that it was just a struggle so you because you won the Reading Festival yeah, the year, did you? yeah. Uh, in November 2011 and yeah what was the other uh, the, I was in the final of the Leicester Square Leicester Square New yeah. Comedian um you can read that review online, Steve Bennett, <laughs> Steve Bennett of chortle.co.uk. Absolutely loved Sunil. And you, can read it, you, you can read a series of, series of reviews of Sunil that are quite, <coughs> quite enjoyable in that Steve Bennett doesn't ever like Sunil anymore. But in, one, in, in the third review that he gives of Sunil, he begrudgingly kind of, because Sunil's won the competition, <laughs> he begrudgingly gives you a couple of compliments. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he didn't like you at all. No, I know. Because, I, I mean, it was a very... I can understand why I wasn't really being stand. I was just standing on stage in deadpan manner, sort of reading out a script in my head. But it wasn't. I mean, it's not as bad as I was made out there. But yeah, there's plenty of stuff that, that there's. I have an idea of what I wanted to do, and I wasn't doing it for the first few years. I'm not, not yet really doing it. It's not. It's a question of like confidence and stage skills and all that, which I didn't have at the beginning. But yeah, obviously, yeah. Mm. Okay, master plan, mate, isn't it? 
Must. <laughs> so you did a had a couple of competitions that went well, and did that mean that you did more gigs? Or yeah, that means I, I didn't have to go through the whole booking. For, I'm terrible at admin, so I don't book gigs. So most of the gigs in my first year were people saying, "Come, just come and do it. Come do the gig." Yeah. Uh, and then the next year, uh, it was more like it was doing longer gigs and doing more of them. Uh, and because you've had a, a competition win and a final, then it means you know you can quite easily get in and do you know I don't know what the competition's like for open mic gigs now but you I mean you get obviously get a lot of emails don't you mm. and you have to make it known that you you know you're worth bringing in so it helped it helped yeah. to get more that competition gives you a stamp of yeah exactly level. yeah there's no like yeah, it's it's, it gives you a final if you're absolutely shit there's a flaw on the quality there isn't there it's not going to be absolutely yeah but anyway um, so what changed then? You, what do you think changed about your performance as you said you became more confident from before it's, when you were conf- not um, confident to confident? What? what is it really? I don't know. It's just that you, you're coming to the realisation that you do actually have to perform. It is a performance art. It's, mm. not, it's not just about the writing. I think that was what I, when I started, I thought, oh, the, 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 the writing is just... Like when you watch stand-ups, the good ones would have brilliant writing and it would... But, and I thought it was all about the writing out of it, but it obviously isn't. It's a performance art, and it's it's sort of half and half, if not more performance than writing. I think uh, it's just not fun for me to go up there and just like dead behind the eyes recite whatever I've written that day. You know, sort of perform it in a manner that where that you, where you feel like you're enjoying it as well, mm. uh, and that yeah. So I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's I'm a bit more playful on stage now, whereas before I just. Yeah, I'd be too scared to veer off script. Anyway. But you're, you're quite playful off stage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you become more of yourself. Yeah, you so I suppose so. Yeah, but maybe I was quite. A, what was I like when I started? Was I like the person I was on stage? You, I mean, you are quite deadpan off stage anyway. But like, yeah. you were definitely uh, flatter, I'd say. Yeah. You know, you yeah, yeah, a definitely. Bit more monotone, and yeah. you didn't laugh. Uh, you laugh a lot on stage now. You look like you're enjoying it on stage. I think before you did look like you're enjoying it. <laughs> you look like well, I think I am. I think I am enjoying it more now than I did before. Mm. Uh, I'm enjoying being on stage more than I did before, rather, because before it was just, uh, oh, it was just terrifying. And but you still went through. Yeah, because I knew it would get easier. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So for somebody that kind of picked it up accidentally and kind of had a lot of kind of nerves for the first year or so. There must have been something that drove you on past these kind of obstacles of a dif- indifference or a seeming indifference to the art form anyway. Just right. Like, I haven't oh. got an indifference to the art form. <laughs> no, 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 like uh, you picked up a book and thought, oh, I might do it. Oh, no, it's, I'd always enjoyed what was comedy. It? I was I, always into comedy. I, it was maybe not so much stand-up and more um, sitcoms and stuff like that and sketches. I don't know. I, I So you had a, there was a kind of passion for it? There was yeah, a, I'd never seen it but it was always one of those things that was unreachable it was a stand up seemed like something that right. it was just like oh right wow that's incredible that someone can do that I'd never be able to do that but then you see it broken down into this like well everyone has to start somewhere and they start like this yeah. and then they get better and seeing it as a, as a process rather than something that's innate to some people okay so that, the kind of, yeah the process of it yeah. appealed to you yeah yeah yeah. Um, and because I mean you've got quite a like what is your attitude towards stand up in that, in that way like so, I mean, Alistair Becky King was talking a lot about how his performance has changed yeah. recently. He's realised he has to perform. Yes. There's a, that is a big part of it. And then his own analysis of his performance. 
Um, yeah, I think the difference. I think is when you start, you're at uh, open mind gigs where people, if you overperform in front of a small audience, it's just really fucking weird. So you can't. So that does shape you in a way. And if if you try and keep the quality of material high, it'll it'll work well in those rooms. But people there are usually not drunk and they are paying attention. I think. Yeah. So. It, that shapes what you're doing whereas now when you come up and do clubs and stuff you kind of have to you, you just have to make it clearer what you're trying to get across I think and you have to perform a bit more because and I I was drunk at a gig last week and I just couldn't concentrate on anything right so uh, yeah I think it does shape you when you go into the start doing gigs where people are expecting to pay you what? out what? for a night out what has been the, so in the last, so you had this kind of year, kind of just doing, you did 30 gigs in one year, then you had a year where you kind of had won the competitions and you ended up being the BBC competition final. Yeah. BBC, which is probably the biggest new act competition there is. Mm. Um, and so moving on from that, there's the confidence thing, but what else have you feel, do you feel has changed in your career, like going on from that? even like or in your stand on that in career because that's always a notion like, um, but what's changed yeah what else would have changed in terms of your writing do you write in a yeah I think or? I write shorter stuff now uh, whereas before I'd write five minute monologues yeah and then but now I, I don't at all uh, I, I mean I really haven't turned over an enormous amount I think I just try stuff out which is quite short and then just drop it because it doesn't work as well as the stuff that's been around for ages. I think I'm trying. I'm still figuring out how it is, what what, how you go about writing stand up. Mm. Um, and I think like now I've lost a lot of the freedom I had at the beginning. When you start, you think anything's possible. You write anything. Whereas now you're like, you, I, I think there's a tendency to, to sort of self edit before you even write anything down, which I'm trying to get over. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think, but I definitely do shorter stuff now. I don't, I don't have the longer stories or anything that I did before, mm-hmm. um, because I th- it's only recently that I've realised that. I mean, I don't know. I, I never really thought in terms of punchlines when I started. Mm. I just thought in terms of doing things that I thought were saying things that I thought were funny, mm. but were obviously coming out in a way that would involve punchlines and stuff. Which like is that. funny, you know. It's like I remember your initial stuff. There was a lot of the humour of it was from your own it's unusual for a new comedian to have a real it was from a sense of yourself right that like you saying these things was funny rather than it just being on paper oh I can see that joke there I can see oh, that right, joke oh right I see yeah, yeah whereas a lot of you know a lot of people you'd see it especially first gag you know gigs you go oh I can see where the joke is there like, I mean distinct the jokes on yeah. but you needed you in order to make it funny like the whole idea yeah. the, the mouse bit that, that you, when you were doing the Reading Festival but you did it in the first I think that mouse bit was in the Chris Head thing, I think. I yeah, I think it. I did it. That was the first so, joke first, I wrote. Yeah. First joke you wrote. Um, you know, it's very distinct. It's, it's very you. Right. You okay. know. So, yeah, there's the monologue side of it, which is quite a... I think a lot of people go a lot, a long... Uh, do stand-up for a while before coming to that place. Oh, right, OK. Um, Whereas I can't actually write a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sit down and do a set-up punch sort of thing. I don't really understand... <laughs> the process of doing that maybe it's maybe just one of the things that you have to get good at and sit down and work out but some people uh, I mean Nick Dixon who's just very good at writing very concise gags basically but very bad at expressing himself 
Is he? <laughs> is no, there, no, I'm just the opposite of you. Oh, I see, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he does that very naturally. That's what he does. Whereas I suppose my approach was doing yep. longer things that are, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but well, I think it wasn't an approach, it's just what you did. Yeah, I think it was that came from, an, that, because I had no knowledge of the art form at all. Mm. You know, I didn't understand, I didn't really understand how it was done. Have you, do you think you've written a joke ever? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what is a joke, Barry? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I have, you know, what but just by One of your jokes. But it's just like, it's such, it, it, technically, when you look at it on paper, it's such, a sh- it's just, it's just like, it's so badly written in terms of that. <laughs> there's far too many words. And it, uh, I think the, the first joke I wrote was that one about pants, wasn't it? Oh, right. So that was written as a joke, less of a kind of monologue. But that thing. worked as a joke, but that, <laughs> but it was, it's got such a huge setup. Yeah. Where I talk about, oh, my friend got dumped by his girlfriend. Mm. He was a mess. And she, he was like, oh, she's left all the stuff in my flat. It's a constant reminder of our past. She's left like five pairs of pants here. It's really sad. See, it goes on for ages. Yeah. <laughs> and then I say, yeah, well, I could say, was, yeah, that if I'd left five pairs of pants in my ex-girlfriend's house, I'd have no pants left. Yeah. Do you see how I've just butchered that? <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I think that was probably the first set-up joke. Yeah. Thing I've ever done. Yeah. Have you tried editing it? Editing it just to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just, I, in fact, I've just stopped doing it now. <laughs> really? <laughs> just, it's like ah. Uh, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I I I mean I'm trying a lot more to 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 turn everything into a process where I do edit and turn it into something where I know where the jokes are. And, so a lot of your material seems to come from your own life or experiences that happen and that you kind of put your own spin on it, a funny yeah. spin on it. Yeah. Um, do you sit down and write your material or how do you come up with it? Oh, just loads of ways. I mean, like notes on the phone, which is the main thing if so I think of something. Your brain occurs, something occurs to you, so you don't sit down and write, you kind of um, do your day. And you... I do, so well, I do that generally as everyone's supposed to do, aren't they? Yeah. That's the thing that we're all supposed to do, write it all like, down in a little notebook. And then I've got some pads at home and I would just sit there and listen to very loud hip-hop or grime. And <laughs> i just sit there for hours uh, and try and just write. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to move it all onto a computer now. Going high-tech, mate. What, um, what do you think is the most difficult thing you found doing stand-up in the last... Since most difficult thing November 2011 what's the most difficult thing about doing stand-up for you uh, it's true oh, that's quite a hard one I'm finding it very hard now because it's sort of a transition period between like you can't you, you have to start like doing 20 minutes you have to start doing longer sets and, I, and I'm sort of just trying to figure out how I can do that and what I can do with it I think it's changing from being a new comedian to someone that's trying to be taken seriously. Right. And that's quite hard to do, I think, because it means, you know, you sort of have to try and develop some good habits. And what do you mean by good habits? Like, you know, just, you, you know, work at it all the time, which I do do, but it's sort of like, and you have to sort of lose the fear of failing anymore. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't worry about dying when you're trying out new stuff, or it's, you know, it, which is what it was like at the beginning, wasn't it? It was, like, it was a situation where it didn't matter, but everything sort of seems to matter now. Mm. 
uh, and it's trying to realise that it doesn't matter at all. So it matters because this thing you care about this. Standard yeah, it's sort of turned thing. into something now I have to take seriously. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah it just has more uh, importance in your life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the yeah the difficulty being the kind of um, taking it lightly. Yeah. 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 And what do you say? Say the thing is that you you enjoy the most about it. About stand this stand up. Yeah. Um, I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know well, it's just become one of those things that I just do now so there's nothing that I mean compare it to it's not like I want to hear better, somebody explain their sex life like that. <laughs> it's just something I do now it's just you know I just do a lot of fucking now are these supposed to be funny these interviews no are they not no what are the others like uh, they were funny they were actually funny I want to know yeah, what yeah, I'm I'm gonna, yeah, I know. well you can listen to the podcast no, I don't fucking listen to those no, these are meant to be very funny, but, um, you know, they're not... They, we, we I know, this is the problem, isn't it? And they're supposed to be funny, but I... They're not taking it funny, way too serious. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't want to do it anymore. It's one of the difficulties. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the difficulties, talking about something which is now a job, yeah. in some respects, yeah. in the sense that you have to take some responsibility for how you do on a stage. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. But it's difficult. One of the, I think one of the biggest difficulties in any art form, or and stand-up in particular, is that there's no clear road into how to do it. All you've got is everyone kind of carves their own road. Yeah. Which is kind of what this podcast is about. Oh, I see, okay. Is that, is that there's no sharing, there's no mentoring, there's no real school you can go to. Yeah, All yeah. you've got is the paths, look at the paths that other people have raised themselves. Yeah. And then go, oh, maybe that path would work for me or maybe this other path will work for me. But ultimately, you, you're, you're macheting yourself through the forest of, um, yeah. of tumbleweeds. Which and, is quite, which is, which I think to some people would be interesting and exciting, but to some yeah. they'd run a mile from because there's no, yeah. it's so unstructured. It yeah. doesn't really exist. Unless you sort of make yeah. it exist. But I think that's all true of all life. It's like the, there's the illusion of structure. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you go, if you work for Goldman Sachs as an admin assistant, it looks like you've got the, 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 a structure there, but it's just, you know, the, yeah. all you've got is, uh, I don't know, routine. Yeah. But anything can happen to that. But the, so the things you, what's the, is there a thing you enjoy most about it? There's a, just getting, getting out of the house, and getting out of the house. I mean, it's you like it's, I've never had any creative outlet before I did this, and it has. I think that's the good thing about it. You can just, you can just express yourself on a stage. It's, yeah. I, it's just, it's just a very different life to what I had before mm. when I didn't do it, and I think it's. You like the lifestyle. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, who, what's, what's not? I'm <laughs> reading a notebook while listening to hardcore <laughs> hip hop. Yeah, I like hardcore hip hop. Is it? I've got no idea. Or, uh, no, it's just hip hop, mate. It's just hip hop. Oh, I don't think there is such a genre as hardcore hip hop because it's generally yeah. quite. There is in Dorset, mate. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> Dorset core. Yeah. Um, what do I? Yeah, I do. It's quite hard not to because you don't have anyone telling you what to do. Yeah. But I do still have a day job. I still work a couple of days a week, so it's not like. It's nice to have that balance, I think, as well. Am I tapping the table too much? Um, it's all right, uh, but don't. You edit it out, mate. Uh, um, and, yeah. And if you could go back to Snow Patel uh, circa 20, 2011, sure, and give him some kind of advice from uh, the four years or three years on the stand-up circuit, what would it be? Oh, um, I suppose that just like nobody really cares. 
<laughs> in a good way nobody gives a fuck what you're doing yeah so you can do you can just keep going on and just failing and it's sort of like it's a good it's good to be scared I suppose but you kind of have to you're going to have to fail quite a lot before you get anywhere so it's, it's better to get that intense period of failure out of the way as soon as you can so you can just deal with it better further down the line but do you think that like your first year yeah. like was kind of almost part of that was almost marked by quite a lot of success getting to the final of the Leicester Square competition yeah. and the regular yeah. competition winning that there was that success do you think that if you'd taken that advice of nobody cares experiment more you would have still been in that position um, maybe I don't know that's true isn't it because I was yeah I don't okay I don't know <laughs> no 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 <laughs> do you know what I mean it's it's, in the way. I'm not yeah. saying that's uh, I don't think so I mean it, I, all I'm saying is it, it would have been easier to get a few deaths out of the way early on yeah. rather than having a few successful gigs at the beginning where yeah. I thought oh well the, the de- you know I was scared that the next one would be the one where I died at yeah. and you just get getting postponed and postponed so I just keep putting off the next gig because it was always like well I've got to bomb right. hard got at some point got then you. when it did happen yeah. which was like the fourth gig or something you know I still wasn't quite prepared for it but, yeah. so that, that advice is almost about as, as, as much about experimentation as it is don't be a f- don't be yeah, frightened don't, don't be frightened of performing just kind of go on yeah, 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 yeah. as much as you yeah. can and but you, I suppose that that said you don't have the skills to sort of laugh it off do you on stage you can't say oh well I'm bombing you just kind of yeah you haven't got the weight of having yeah. done it a hundred times and you know that you're funny so yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter as much I don't think I'd change anything about the way I started I think it's fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. what I do is I visit my former self and just not give any advice yeah. you're on your fucking own yeah. <laughs> but it's useful to know I think that nobody actually gives a shit about this at all yeah so. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, cool uh, thank you very much it's alright and that was Sunil I hope you join us next episode for the most recent version of our uh, Sunil Patel series <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, there's only two in the series but and still a series uh, which was a version of the live podcast we had with Sunil so for the Angel Comedy Podcast Festival and do while we mention Angel Comedy please do support us any way you can uh, we try and make do free things affordable things for comedians um, kind of a youth club for comedians <laughs> I guess, or a um, community centre for them in the sense of, you know, just trying to give people access to some space that doesn't cost them an arm and a leg and doesn't mean they have to go out and and hawk themselves uh, in various admin positions in order to be able to just pot on a show. So, um, yeah, do support us if you get a chance. Even just £2.50 a month on our Patreon helps. But um, thanks for listening and um, we will see you in about two weeks' time for the next Sunil Patel. Bye, everyone.